0: Guys, we're in lesson 32. We're going to look at Moses' fourth message. Okay, so this is the final of the four messages. Next week, we will look at the final section of Deuteronomy, which is the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, Moses' final words, and then, of course, his death. So today, we're going to look at Moses' fourth message. And as I was going through this and preparing for this lesson, I realized that there were some things here that um, were very applicable to you and I, okay? And we'll talk about them as we go along. So, so first of all, we're looking at chapters 29, verse 2, through chapter 30, verse 20, okay? So what we're going to see in chapter 29 is, is that there's a call for obedience, okay? There's a call for obedience. So here's the first thing. In verses two to eight, Moses wants to remind them of God's faithfulness to them. He wants to remind them that God has been very faithful in taking care of them, all right? But for some reason, they've not grasped that. They've kind of overlooked it, all right? I think we have that tendency too. So let's talk about it here. So first of all, Moses points out that they saw all that the Lord did to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. So he's kind of reminding them, guys, don't you remember what God did to Pharaoh and the Egyptians? The plagues, the wiping out of the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. Don't you remember any of that? Remember it. You saw it. okay? You saw it. But he goes one step further and says this. Although they saw what God did, they still did not understand the meaning of what he did. Isn't that interesting? Is it possible that that could be even true for us? Even though they saw God do what he did, they didn't understand the meaning of it. What do you mean they didn't understand the meaning of it? Well, what they, what they saw God do was is save them. Okay? Save them out of slavery and give them a new hope and, and take them to a new place. But they didn't understand the meaning of it. They just kind of took it for granted. Okay? Can we relate to that? Well, I didn't see Moses doing whatever, I'm not asking you about that, but you have seen God do things in your life. One of the greatest things that you've seen God do in your life is what? Save you. So is it possible that we could see God save us, forgive us, and even see God take care of us, but lose the meaning of it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, And how do you lose the meaning of it? You lose the meaning of it in how you live your life. Do you understand? You lose the meaning of it and what impact it has on your life and how you respond to the Lord. Because even though they saw God do all of that and God took them out of there and took them through the Red Sea, they still had a problem worshiping other idols that they made with their hands. I mean, they saw the living God. what he did, and they were worshiping other idols. Isn't this interesting? Moses is pointing them out to him, that, you know what? He's calling them to be, although they saw it, they didn't understand the meaning. And this was true, even as the Lord took care of them in the wilderness. Moses points out, when you walked along in the wilderness, your your sandals never wore out. Isn't that is how many of you are like me? It's like a pain that every so often you gotta buy new shoes. Do you know know what I'm saying? It's like and then because you like a shoe, and then when you go to buy the shoe again, it's not there anymore. They changed the styles or something. Do Do you know what I'm saying? It's really irritating, right? Well, how would you like to go along for 40 years and never have your shoes wear out? I, what was that? I, did I hear some snide remarks or something? Or all right. How about your clothes never wear out? Now, you're not sure about that one, because you want to keep up with the latest styles. But, I mean, have the same clothes for 40 years? I've seen people like that. You know what I'm saying? So No, that's not what I'm talking about here. But if you're wandering in the wilderness, and believe me, they didn't change their styles as quick as we do ourselves here. And then, you know, God's providing for you day by day. He's taking care of you. But yet, even in spite of that, guess what they did the whole time? Grumble and complain. Moan and groan. They didn't, even though they saw, they didn't understand the meaning, okay? So, here's what Moses, Moses called... Israel to keep the covenant so that they will prosper in their way. Do you understand? He called them to keep the covenant so that they'll prosper in their way. He's saying, look, if you just do what God tells you to do, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. God's going to prosper you. Israel was to stand, so he's having them stand here, literally, Stand and commit themselves afresh to the covenant. So he's saying, I want you to stand and stand to commit yourselves afresh to the covenant. And when they made that commitment that day, here's what Moses is saying. The commitment was not just for those standing that day, but all Israel in the future. They were committing themselves to the covenant with its curses and its blessings, Folks, that's even true today with the Jews today. The commitment was made long ago by their ancestors to follow the law. And if they didn't, they would experience what? The curses. Do you understand why they're going through what they're going through even now? So then he pronounces some curses on them. Verses 16 through 29, okay? Here's what he said. Moses reminds Israel that they saw idolatry in Egypt and they committed it in the wilderness as well. You know, they committed it as well in the wilderness. They saw the idolatry of Egypt, but then they themselves practiced it. I mean, think about this. They, they. Some of the passages tell us that they were worshiping the goat gods. Really? The goat gods brought you out of Egypt? You know what I'm saying? So, if the the Lord will curse the person who introduces idolatry to the people. So God says very clearly, the person who introduces idolatry to you will be cursed. Will be cursed. But hey, it's not just on them. The Lord's judgment will fall on the whole nation because they were drawn to idolatry. So it's not just the guy who introduces them to idolatry. It's the rest of them because they allowed themselves to what? Start following after idols. They're responsible as well. They're responsible as well. So, in fact, here's what he says about their judgment. The Lord's judgment will be so severe that the nations will ask why Israel's God did it. God will be so brutal with them in his judgment of them that the nations around them will say, whoa, what kind of a God does that to his people? That's what he's saying here. So now we come to chapter 30. We're going to divide this into two sections, and we're going to see the blessings for repentance, okay? Because again, Moses has already told them in his other messages, guys, you are going to depart from the Lord, And because you're going to depart from the Lord, you're going to experience the curse of being in exile. But I want to tell you, he says in his fourth message, what the blessings are if you turn back to the Lord. Okay? What the blessings are if you turn back to the Lord. So when they experience the curses and remember the Lord in their exile, God will hear them. All right, this tells us here the purpose of God punishing you. All right, what's the purpose of God punishing us or punishing them? Could be you as well. What's the purpose of God's punishment? Get our attention for what purpose? Come back to him, yes. Did you understand what I'm saying? See, if you belong to the Lord... He's not just going to, see, some people think, well, I'm saved now, I can do whatever I want, and i got forgiveness. you got a wrong concept, and you almost are very dangerously believing a lie, which maybe you're not saved, if you think that way. Okay? Really? I prayed a prayer. Praying prayers don't save you. Faith in God saves you. Okay? And I'm not talking belief, I'm talking a commitment to him. So I want you to hear me. If you truly know the Lord, he's not going to let you go off and do your own thing. Especially if you've adopted that mindset, well, I'll just be forgiven. Truly, did you do that with your own kids? Seriously, did you do that with your own kid? Oh, I'll, I'll forgive them, let them do whatever they're doing, you know, because I still love them. No, 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 you, every once in a while, had to drop the hammer, right? Right. And say, no, no, we're not doing that. For your own good, we're not doing it. God does the same thing in our lives. And when he does that, like he's saying here with Israel, he's saying to them, when you are experiencing the judgments because of what you've done, and you remember me, you call out to me, I'll remember you. I'll be there. He's, he's telling them there's a pattern here. There is restoration. Because listen, isn't that true? Even when we discipline our kids, it's not that we want to make their life miserable. It's because we're wanting to move them to a certain point And there's always restoration. when If you're a loving parent, right? Even with discipline. You know what I'm saying? You want to restore the relationship. Get them right back where they need to be. All right. So when they experience the curses and remember the Lord in their exile, God will hear them. If they return to the Lord and obey his word, okay, so if they return to the Lord and obey, that's, that's a key word that's throughout this whole message, is the whole issue of obeying the Lord, doing what he tells you to do, okay? Then God will restore them to the land. God will restore them to the land. Now that, folks, even though there's lots of Jews going back to the land today, This has not been fulfilled yet. This has not been fulfilled yet. And when will it be fulfilled? When Jesus comes back. Okay. Now, when the Lord restores them to the land, he will prosper them more than their fathers. So he's saying, when you truly come back to me and I restore you to the land, you will will experience more blessing and more bounty and more prosperity than your fathers did when they first entered into the land. Isn't that amazing? God's promising them that. The blessings of repentance. The blessing. You know, I would say to you, God is saying the same thing to you and I. If we would turn from our sin and turn back to him, he'll bless us. And when I talk about blessing, I'm not talking like some guy on the TV that your wallet's going to grow big, okay? That's a bunch of baloney. Blessings go far beyond just material blessings, okay? That's not what he's talking about there, all right? So the Lord will give them a new heart in order to love the Lord and live. Give them a new heart. In fact, Ezekiel talks about that, that he'll take their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, the ability to love God. All right, so let's back up. You know, we've been talking for a moment about what we're trying to focus on here at the church through our messages and everything, and that is, okay, my desire for the Lord is down. How do I rekindle my desire for the Lord? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. There are some things that you can do, but ultimately the one who gives you back your desire for the Lord is not you. It's God. God is the one who is the one who works in your heart to draw you to him, but he's got to see some things from you. Do you understand? He's got to see some things from you. All right. Now, the Lord will put curses on their enemies and those who hate them. So you don't want to be on the wrong side of the people of Israel, to be honest with you. God's going to put curses on on their enemies and the people who hate them. And let's be honest, folks. uh, There's a lot of people in this world that hate them, right? Literally, it's in the news all the time. All right? So they will once again obey the Lord and he will bless them with prosperity. That's what happens when they repent, when they truly repent When Jesus comes back, when they embrace who he is, God's going to truly bless them. They'll obey the Lord and he will prosper them. He will prosper them. Now, now we come to verses 11 through 20, which is that final section of the message. And it's it's going to give them a call to choose life. They got to make a decision. Actually, folks, you and I have to make the same kind of decision every day, don't we? Okay, here's what he's saying. Moses stresses that the law is not mysterious or beyond their reach, first of all. He's saying to them, guys, it's not mysterious and it's not way off so that nobody can get a hold of it. God's word is there, right there with you. He even tells them it's right within them and they'll be able to understand it. So first of all, can I say this? Sometimes I know reading the Bible's hard but I'll be honest with you, it's not written so that it's beyond you. It's written so that you understand it. In fact, you could say that about the Greek New Testament altogether. The Greek New Testament was written in the Greek language that was chosen was called Koine Greek. It's a dead language it no longer is being used, but it didn't use classical Greek. Why? Because classical Greek is what the scholars spoke and everything, the aristocrats. Koine Greek would be like slang. Koine Greek would be the language of the common people. Do, do you know what I mean? It would be like the common people. So it was written in a language so that everybody else could understand it. We've got this concept that the only way that you're going to understand the Bible is if you have a bunch of degrees. No, you've got the one who wrote it living within you who will help you to understand what it means and apply it to your life. So Moses is making the point here that the law is not mysterious or beyond their reach. The word of God is actually near them and in their hearts, so that they will do it. Have you noticed that? I mean, I, I can think back. You know, I came, to, I came to Jesus when I was 19 years old. Okay? Now, I looked at the Bible before I came to Christ a few different times. Didn't make any sense to me. No sense at all. But after that moment in April of 1985, when I became a believer, when I committed my life to Christ by faith, the Bible opened up to me to to where I had an understanding of, now it made sense. How's that possible? Because who enters into your life when you get saved, folks? Holy Spirit, he gives you what? A new heart and a new mind. Have you ever been with people and they'll look at a passage and if they don't know Jesus, they're like, what in the world are you talking about? But you're looking at it and you're like, wow, it makes perfect sense. I understand it completely. It's 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 not that you are different. You are different because you have Jesus. It's that they don't have the Lord within them, what? Giving them understanding. Understanding. So here's what he's saying. The word of the Lord is actually near them and in their hearts so that they will do it. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes when you read the Bible, you just have that compulsion within you that you need to do what it's saying. You need to do what it's saying. Moses has set before them life and death as he commanded them to love God. It's it's really... Same is true for us, to be honest with you. God's word is very clear. This is the way I want you to go in. I want you to walk with me. I want you to do this. But but scripture warns you. But if you go off and you do this, and you go off and do this on your own, you're going to experience what? Problems. We have a choice. Okay? And he commands them to love God. So if they turn away from God and worship other gods, he says very clearly, they're going to surely die. They're going to die. Surely die. So the Lord has set before them a choice between life and death. The Lord set before them a choice between life and death. And and they are called... To choose life so that they can obey the voice of the Lord. They're called. You know, what? that call is still true to us today. You know, God has set before us, you know, you have, in fact, you have the greatest ability now to choose not to go in the wrong direction because you have the Lord. And so he set before you a decision, choose life. You have that choice to make. And guess what? The Spirit will help you to make that choice. But you can also choose to go in your own direction, and that's not good, okay? All right, next week, we're going to look at the transition.